0: The following episode of Scream Queens is dedicated in loving memory to Amy's noni, Mary Spears.
1: This program is a proud member of Univoz. Unified, unique voices. Learn more at univozpods.net.
0: Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Hello, little campers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. Tonight, the Friday the 13th celebration continues. It's part two of the Friday the 13th spectacular. Last time, I had two fabulous filmmakers help me dive deep into into the psychology and the cinematography and the artistry of the original Friday the 13th from 1980. But tonight, I'm turning the reins over to you. You have called in, you have written in with your Friday the 13th stories for an episode that I like to call the Friday the 13th After Party. But before we do any of that, Please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh. And ever since 2010, I've been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you are going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. But not tonight. Because we're going to see them through yours. (laughs) Oh, that one hurt. If this is your first time listening to the show and you're wondering what is going on, first of all, hi, welcome. Glad to see you here. So the Friday the 13th Spectacular, I started 13 years ago when I first started doing the show, Friday the 13th. The original is a very important film for me. It solidified my future as a horror lover, blah, 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 blah. They've heard all this already. But every time a Friday the 13th would come up on the calendar, I would do the next film in the series – And I figured after 13 years, it's time to go back to the beginning, to go back to Crystal Lake and start this all over again. But from the perspective of being 13 years older and 13 years wiser, when I started the Friday the 13th Spectacular 13 years ago, it was just me on the show. I did it solo. I didn't have any guests. So it was all about me, 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 me. But tonight it's all about you, 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 you. I asked my listeners to call in and write in with their personal Friday the 13th stories and why the movie is important to them. And all of you out there delivered so many great stories that it was too much to pack into one episode, so I split the Friday the 13th spectacular into two halves. The first half premiered yesterday on Friday the 13th, where we dig into the cinematography, but today, it's all about you. And we are going on a journey tonight, so everybody, come take a seat by the campfires. Plenty of room for everybody. Grab yourself a marshmallow and a stick and some chocolate and some graham crackers, and get ready, because the Friday the 13th after party has officially begun.
2: Hey Patrick, it's longtime fan Martin. Hi Martin, and I love Friday the Thirteenth because it's like a big long messed up soap opera. <laughs> if you watch the first four films, they're a continuous story, especially because parts three and four start immediately after the previous entries. Also, here's a triv or here's a question for you: In the earliest version of the script. Which character suffered from polio?
0: Keep up the good work, and I'll be listening. Bye. Martin, 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 Martin. Thank you so much for your call, and also for reminding me that not only are you a long-time listener, but you're a first-time yeah! caller! Yeah! Yeah! Wow, do you have any idea how long it's been since I've played that, since I've done that? It has been a really long time. Thank you for bringing that back, Martin. Okay, so let's dig into your call here. You're right. There is a soap opera aspect to these films as they go along. You know, like the first one, as we said in yesterday's show, they're just going through their day. It's, it's kind of mundane. But every installment, we get more and more drama among the victims. Until by the time part seven rolls around, we're full on... Crystal and Alexis dynasty stuff with Melissa and everything. So yeah, you're right. right. And the solution to everybody's problems, get killed by Jason. And in fact, something I was going to say in my conversation with Bart and Michael yesterday, when we were talking about that fight on the beast between Mrs. Warriors and Pamela, I said that in the hands of another fight choreographer, that fight could have been your typical sleazy, grindhouse catfight you know with hair pulling and blouse ripping and oh no you know it's kind of just slapping but no no it's all tooth and nail fighting but in a perfect world in a perfect gay world mrs worries would have thrown alice in a fountain and they would have fought there i don't know why a fountain would have crapped up in the lake but it would have but just like crystal and alexis so yeah yeah yes you are not wrong sir Now, the second part of your call is intriguing because I do not know. I do not know. And also, you did not tell us what the answer to the question is. Who in the original Friday the 13th script had polio? And you didn't mention which edition of the series you're talking about. So it could be anybody. So initially, my head wants to go to Mark from part two because he was already in a wheelchair uh, and he decided to get rid of polio because a motorcycle accident was sexier than a crippling disease. But I think you might be talking about the first film because polio is very much a disease that I associate with the 50s. And since that's when Jason drowned, I'm going to say it's Jason because that would certainly explain why he wasn't a very good swimmer. Although, by the same token, it could be Pamela Voorhees herself. Although I I don't see how someone who survived polio would be able to do the things that Pamela Voorhees does in the present day. But that's just me being ableist, isn't it? But still, I'm going to go with my gut and say Jason Voorhees had polio in the original script. I have hunted down Martin on social media and I sent him a message. Tell me the answer. And hopefully by the end of the show, we'll have an answer. Otherwise, the Friday the 13th after party is going to end on a cliffhanger or it will never end. One or the other. Next call. Thank you, Martin. Hi, Patrick. Toppy Smelly here. Toppy!
2: Friday the 13th. Boy, was that a long time ago. Well, uh, I went to a drive in... Movie theater of in the did. out of doors, Woo. Uh, and I went by myself because, well, <laughs> anyways, I did I did that sort of thing, and I was properly scared, and uh, it, was, it was a wonderful experience uh, at that drive-in, and um, I, I loved it. And the only trouble was that someone somehow. I don't know, had told me about the ending. So I was Mm. expecting it and I was looking for it at the end. That was the only thing, that was the only thing I knew about it. Uh, Too bad. Well, anyways, it was great fun. And thanks, Patrick. Uh, Looking forward to hearing everyone else's story.
0: Uh, Oh, Toppy, 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 Toppy. Oddly, Toppy from the Smellcast, by the way, kids. Oddly. There is really nothing more on brand for toppy smelly than going to a drive-in movie by yourself. That perfect line between innocence and filth, (laughs) that is just so you, and it's a compliment. It's a compliment. I'm sorry somebody spoiled the ending for you. Technically, somebody spoiled it for me, too, and I have not thought about this in years. There was a girl at school, Kathy O'Shea. Kathy O'Shea, if you're out there, I'm about to read you to film, but Kathy O'Shea had come into school one day and said that her sister had gone to see a movie, and at the end of it, it was so scary because somebody got somebody jumped out of a lake and attacked a girl in a boat and pulled her under the water. And Kathy O'Shea insisted that that movie was The Rose. <laughs> the Rose starring Bette Midler. So, like, the next day was when I went to see Friday the 13th with my mom and all those kids, and and now that I think of it, fortunately, Kathy O'Shea did not spoil the movie for me because we were seeing Friday the 13th. We weren't seeing the Rose. I still wasn't expecting somebody to jump out of that lake and attack somebody because Adrian King was not Bad Midler. Flash forward to the next day on the schoolyard. I came back and I said, that happened in Friday the 13th. She's like, no, but it also happened in the Rose. And we, we, we got, we didn't get, we didn't come to blows. There was no fisticuffs involved, but there was a verbal altercation on the playground. And... <laughs> When I finally sat down to see the Rose many years later, a little part of me remembered that, sir, is like, is there going to be something similar? Is there a similar ending to the roses? Bet Bette Miller going to be out in a boat? and sub- It could happen. It could happen. Weirder things. About- it doesn't happen. Spoiler, doesn't happen. So, Kathy O'Shea was on Catholic School Crack. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Thank you for calling, Toppy. I love you. And by the way, patrons, if you enjoy the deranged lovability of Dame Toppy Smelly, Toppy's is going to be guesting once again on It Came from the 70s. He's going to be my co-pilot and we're going to be talking about the TV movie Satan's Triangle, which is also what I call my pussy. Okay, we're going to take a little break from the voicemails for a bit and hop over to some emails. And the first email is from Tom Virtuoso. And Tom says, Hi, Patrick. Friday the 13th was the pinnacle franchise of my childhood. Yes, I was one when the original came out, and it wasn't until the late 80s while visiting my cousins on summer break that I managed to binge watch their VHS recordings off cable TV, but the original installment left the biggest impression on me. That title sequence with the text, the breaking glass, and Manfredini's score was so exciting, and I loved that this carried through most of the sequels. I could talk about the Savini kills, the lovable theater acting, Kevin Bacon's ass, Speedo close-ups, or the memorable Mrs. Voorhees twist, but we've heard all that before. What I will mention are three major memories that have forever stuck with me. One, in junior high, I made, wow, I made numerous board games with poster board and colored pencils based on the franchise, the 1980 film being the most influential. Wow, Tom, wow, okay, from attempting to to map out the original Camp Crystal Lake, including the cabin names, to sketching cartoon versions of all the counselors. In ninth grade, I did an English class presentation of the film with the game as the centerpiece, and I surrounded it with Fangoria magazine images clippings, image clippings and flash flashcards? Girl, anyway, flashcards with dissertations on all aspects of filmmaking. It was way nerdy, but my English teacher told me four years later that he knew I'd always be his favorite student. Okay, I need to interject here. I think this is fabulous. A, the creativity and the fact that your teacher supported it because Lord knows I took so much flack in school for being a horror fan and this would never have gone. This This would never have flown, never in a million years. So, A, I love that you had a teacher that saw and supported that kind of creativity and that nerdiness and that that love of filmmaking in this particular film and recognized that there's, there's something good under there. I love that. And I also love that there was also a kid out there that was a geek about this movie, as I was and still am. Anyway, two, during one of the many Friday the 13th marathons on USA Up all night, Ronda Shear had laryngitis and was using cue cards for the audience to read her thoughts. One of the commercial buffers had her holding up a sign to announce that they would be showing all eight Paramount films. Suddenly, it cuts to Brenda in the 1980 film during the Dead Archery saying, Are you crazy? And then cuts back to Rhonda holding a sign that just said, Bitch. Nice. Nice. And three. When I met Betsy Palmer at Spooky Empire in Orlando, she suggested a big motherly hug for our picture together. Oh, Now, whenever I hear the melancholy Sail Away Tiny Sparrow from the 1980s film, the 1980 films and credits, it makes me sad that she's now gone. Hope you enjoyed these. Tom, a.k.a. Beefcakes of Horror on Instagram. Oh, Tom, I loved all of this. And yes, Betsy Palmer was lovely. I got to meet her a few times. Um, And actually, I remember now that I told her that story I told I told on yesterday's show about how when I saw her pop up in the movie for the first time that I squealed and said, ah, it's Betsy Palmer from Mr. Roberts. And she loved that. She was like, Oh, you were a special child. I said, I still am Betsy. And we laughed and we laughed. Yeah. I'm sad. She's gone too. As much as I ribbed her for telling that story about how she just did it for the car, that story that she told over and over and over and over. I do miss her. Yeah. So I think Tom, as you listen to this, let's do a duet together for Betsy. And, <clears throat> Sail away and fly tiny sparrow. Spread your wings and fly toward tomorrow. That's all I remember offhand. Okay, Tom, that was fabulous. Thank you so much. And by the way, if you're the kind of person who enjoys drooling, all of your favorite hot hunky boys from horror movies and want to find fresh, new, hot, hunky horror movie boys to drool over, then you should follow Tom on Instagram at Beefcakes of Horror. It's absolutely worth your time. Back to the voicemail. Hey Patrick,
2: I'm um, real quick. This is uh to Paul. To Paul. Um, Tommy yeah. Rounds, or Paul. Um, I saw the movie in 1980 in theaters when I was 11 years old. Long story, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and um, it scared the pants off me. It ruined camping. It ruined the woods. <laughs> it ruined machetes. It ruined um, thick blue sweaters even <laughs> like like betsy bomber wears anyway i i really dig the movie it's um a trend setter um it was an important um part of the 80s or late 70s and early 80s horror scene it was huge and i i dig it very much um thanks for showing it and thanks for making it a topic um, I'm there listening and watching with you. Peace out, my man, and um, take care. Be well.
0: Oh, T. Paul, thank you so much for the call. You know what, T. Paul, even though I see you, every, well, virtually see you every Sunday night at my Sunday night scary movie parties, that still doesn't discount the fact that you're a first-time caller! <laughs> Yay! Yeah, I get to do it twice in one show and I haven't done it in a thousand years. Yay! Okay, you are not wrong. I forgot all the things that this movie ruined for me. All those things you checked, especially the blue sweater. The blue sweater industry has never been the same. They have suffered because of this movie, and particularly because of me and T. Paul. But Axes, for me, I am terrified of Axes because of this movie, because of that scene with Marcy. They scare the hell, just the sight. Every time one pops up in a movie, I immediately get the oogies. Like, oh, shit, this just got real. Like, chainsaws, meh. Axes, ehh. But yes, camping, totally ruined. I've been camping several times. I was being in hillside campgrounds, gay campgrounds, and just walking around by myself going, I'm gonna get ax murdered. But you know what I remembered during this call? What this movie ruined for me. And this is a hot scoop because this is something that I have never said out loud before anywhere. The call of the loon. That bird call that you hear continuously throughout Friday the 13th. I probably just played the sound effect. time I hear them, I immediately break out in goosebumps because I associate them with being murdered by Betsy Palmer. That she's going to pop out from behind a bush at any moment. And, okay, you know what else this movie ruined for me? It just occurred to me now this movie ruined On Golden Pond. Patrick, could you please elaborate on that? Yes, I can. On Golden Pond came out the same year, I think, as Friday the 13th, and I remember when it premiered on HBO... I was watching it with my parents. There's a lot of loons in on Golden Pond. The loons are returning to Golden Pond, Norman. Yes, they're returning to kill you. Get out of there, Catherine Hepburn. When I looked in that mirror, I knew I'd always be ugly. I said, Lizzie, stay away from the loons. And if you're wondering what T-Ball was talking about, watching the movie with me, I'd not only do the Sunday, movies, uh, the Sunday night scary movie party, would I have to watch stuff for the show? I'll say to my regular crew at the Sunday Night Scary Movie Party, I'm like, hey, you want to come watch this with me? And they usually do. So start coming to the Sunday Night Scary Movie parties. So you can hang out with me more. Is that a pro or a con? I don't know, up to you. Anyway, let's read another email. Hi, Patrick, my name is Patricia. My pronouns are she, her. Thank you, Patricia. I've been listening since Scream Queens began, but this is my first time reaching out. Oh, hey, cool. First time writer, yay! <laughs> this is my Friday the 13th story. I went to see the original Friday the 13th in the theaters in the suburbs of Chicago on my very first date ever. Ooh. I didn't watch many scary movies back then, but didn't really want to go. Oh, sorry. I didn't watch many scary movies back then and didn't really want to go. But being young and dumb, I didn't speak up for myself because I didn't want to ruin my very first date. I have never been so petrified in my life. I'm right there with you, girl. I was shaking in my seat and doing my best not to cry, and when Jason jumped out of the lake, I wet my pants. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Patricia. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I was mortified, rightly so. I'm 17, I'm on my first date, and I just pissed myself in public in a crowd of people. And I had worn light pants, so everyone was going to see, oh, God. I could just imagine everyone at school finding out and calling me little Patty PB pants for the rest of my life. Valid. Valid. Uh, Okay. I sat there in silence for the rest of the movie. The credits were rolling. Everyone was leaving. And when Ben, my date, asked me if I was ready to go, I realized I couldn't hide it anymore. I told him what had happened and waited for my world to end. But instead of mocking me, he just said, oh. He stood up, took off his jacket, and gave it to me and said, Why don't we just sit here till everyone's gone? Then you can put this around your waist while I walk you to the restroom. And while you do what you need to do, I'll get you my sweatpants out of the car. Ben and I just celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Love the show. Happy Friday, the 13th, Patricia. Oh, Patricia, I love this story. I was worried there for a while. I get oh golly gee this this was a horror movie in the making but you raps girl you find a keeper like that you find a gentleman like that you keep him you snag him and do not let him go I love this story well not the pee in your pants part but you know what what's a good story without some trauma because yeah teenagers are awful I mean there's that whole thing about adolescent egocentrism where you think. The world is all about you. So something like this, you think everybody in the world sees and everybody knows and everybody's gonna tell everybody. And you know what? They would have, because teenagers are best. I'm guessing he never told a soul because you married him, but you just told everybody on the internet. Now everyone's gonna know. And by the way, I'm really pissed at you right now, Patricia, because little Patty Peepee Pants is my grinder name. Or I wish it was. No, I really don't. I take that back. I don't know what I'm saying. Can we do a voicemail? Let's do a voicemail. Thank you, Patricia.
1: Ooh. Hello, Patrick. It is Zombie Girl TJ hey, calling in for the Friday the 13th Spectacular. Oh, nice I didn't see the first Friday the 13th movie in the theaters, but I did later on rent it uh, along with a VCR, which I did not have one of my own at the time.
0: Those were the days. So I did
1: that whole package rental. And um, I I wasn't crazy about it. It was a It was a slasher movie. I'm not that into slasher movies. One of the reasons I didn't see it in the theater. But it did confirm everything that I hold true about camping and getting out in nature. (laughs) Don't freaking do it. Nature is bad. Nature is dangerous. Nature is dirty. Getting naked in nature is the worst. It's way more dangerous than anything you could imagine. And going out on tiny boats in bodies of water, also very dangerous. Just don't do it. So while it's not up there in my top favorites, it is uh, comforting to know that I was right.
0: Love you. Thanks for doing this. Bye. Zombie Girl TJ, thank you so much for the call. And everything he said is 100% valid. And, hey, if the movie's not your thing, if slasher movies aren't your thing, that's cool. However, you are able to spin a negative into a positive and learn valuable life lessons from this. All that stuff is absolutely true. Um, although I'm conflicted on this one. I am conflicted because even though I'm a city boy, I do love getting out into the wilderness. Sometimes, you know, not the wilderness, but, you know, I do enjoy a good hike. I do enjoy going camping, particularly if it's a gay campground where it's like camping in quotation marks. It's not quite glamping. It's, you know, it's with all the amenities. Yeah, I'm sleeping in a tent, but I have access to hot and cold, running water, electricity, there's showers, a swimming pool, a full working restaurant, and a discotheque. You know, camping. (laughs) Roughing it. Even when I've gone on my hikes and I go camping, there always comes that point where you're just like, you know what? This sucks. After a while, the the beauty of nature loses its appeal, and you're just like, you know what? I could have gotten eaten alive by mosquitoes at home. I would rather be home because at some point, it's inevitable, you're going to wind up shitting in a hole in the ground and having to use like a chipmunk for toilet paper, it's inevitable. This is not the kind of community with nature that I am interested in. As a way to find the medium between these two viewpoints, I've decided that nature is great, nature is beautiful, get out and enjoy it when you can, except nature and night do not go together. Once the sun goes down, no, you gotta be out of there before the sun goes down because that's when everything out there is going to try to kill you, everything. Yes, even that. Well, especially that chipmunk you wiped your ass on. That guy's pissed. Get out, get out, and run. And it's for getting naked in nature. No, 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 no. Because I I know so. Okay, this, this is something from my gay camping experience. Not me, but a friend of mine. Him and his partner, they have a place up at Hillside Campgrounds. They are permanent residents, and they have eroticized tick checks. They're like, oh, yes, we've turned it into a central experience. I'm like, are you kidding? You're checking each other for parasitic bugs and turn- making it sexy. You're gross. I want video, but gross. Yuck! nature. Ugh. All right. We've got one last email. And this email comes from Amy Spears. Hi, Amy. Amy and I went to the Camp Bosco tour together the first time I went. So this should be interesting. Okay. Um, Hi, Patrick. Here is my Friday the 13th story. I was six years old when my Noni took me to see the original Friday the 13th in the theaters. We had a strong bond through horror movies as she took me to see Carrie in the theater As my first horror movie, I was too, wow, girl, wow, okay, going on. Uh, While the movie is cliche now, it wasn't as much back then. And my little six-year-old mind was blown. Seeing the twist at the end was fascinating, and I was obsessed. I made Noni take me back to the movies the next day to see it again. Ah, girl. I remember sitting in the Roy Rogers after the movie, having dinner with Noni, and talking about the movie. And I remember her talking about the lead, Adrian King, and her telling me how that was the kind of young lady she wanted me to grow up to be. Strong, brave, and able to face things head on. That was something that really stuck with me, and I tried my best to grow into that kind of woman. Throughout the years, whenever a new Friday the 13th movie would come out, Noni and I would make a point to go see it. We made it to Jason Goes. We made it to Jason Goes to Hell Together, and then I lost Noni in 1999. When Jason X came out a few years later, I took a picture of Noni and went to the theater alone to watch the movie, and as silly as it sounds, I know she was there watching it with me. And I know that it can't be as cheesy as Jason X was, and she would have loved it. Uh, A few years later, I was lucky enough to venture to, to Camp Nabi Bosco with Patrick from Scream Queens and had the time of my life. It was amazing to see the location of something that I had grown up with live and in person and meet Adrian King and share the story of Noni taking me to the movies. And how impressed this grizzled old Italian woman who had survived the Depression and war had been with this final girl. I still watch the movies and fondly remember this special bond with her, something that was just us, which was hard to come by in a big Italian family. Every Friday the 13th and on Noni's birthday, I have a mini marathon with all the ones we saw together. The whole series shaped my life and brought me so much joy, but nothing can compare to the feeling of sitting in the theater with my Noni watching that first one. Thank you for letting me share this and honor my noti a little bit. Love Amy. Damn it, Amy. There's not supposed to be any crying at the spectacular. But no, all choking aside, that was beautiful. That was that was a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing with it. Um, I just think it's funny that my personal Right of the 13th story, had my mother taking me out to see the movie at too young an age. And and yet my first reaction when I saw that your Noni took you when you were six, I was like, fall, fall, fall. But well, we both turned out pretty damn good. I I never met your Noni. I don't know your Noni, but I think you did her damn proud. Amy, I think you're a fabulous young woman. Uh and this story is wonderful. Um, we should all be so lucky to have a Noni. Okay, so um Yesterday's episode, the Spectacular itself, that was dedicated to the memory of my mom who passed away last year. And um, Amy, uh, the Friday the 13th after party, I am dedicating that in memory of Noni. I'm officially doing that right now. This this party is for Noni. Happy Friday the 13th, Noni. You did good. So it's been a while since I recorded this bit on Amy's email because something has been resonating with me and it's the part where she said that Friday the 13th was a bond between her and her noni. That was just theirs. Just between the two of them, not anybody else. And I realized it was the same with me and my mom. When my mom passed and I was the wake, the last part of the wake where it was, you know, the final looks before they closed the coffin and you go over to the church service, I waited till the end. I was the last one to see my mom, just because I didn't want to deal with my family. But I stood there at the coffin. I looked at her. And I just started to smile, which seems weird. And I thought we had fun. We had fun that the none of them ever knew about. Because we used to sneak out and see horror movies all the time. My mother pretended that she didn't like them, but she loved them just as much as I did. So I like to think that my mom... And your Noni are somewhere wherever they are together on Friday the 13th, looking down at us. And my mother will be going, Oh gosh, I think I did the wrong thing. Oh no, I was such a trouble, man. your and your noni will be like, No, Lillian, hey, look at the two of them. They turned out great. You did good. They both did good. Everybody did good. Okay, so you know what? When the host is crying, it's time the part it's a signal that the after party is wrapping up and everybody should go home. You know, we used to have a rule at my college house. I mean, my college house, my townhouse that I had in college was the party house, and it was the rule that it was not a party at my house until somebody cried. Well, it's a party now because I cried. Um, So go home. (laughs) Wait a minute. Nobody move. Nobody's leaving yet. Because a Friday the 13th spectacular after party is not going to be complete until I tell you about my trips to Camp Noby Bosco. The filming location for Friday the 13th, the original Friday the 13th, and how you can go to. So, yes, Camp W. Bosco is the Boy Scout camp where they shot Friday the 13th, obviously. And now they do these tours in the off-season to help keep the camp open. Um, for a long time, they, the camp was ashamed of its history with the movie, but it's changed ownership. And now they love it. They love us. They open us with welcome arms. And it's a wonderful, wonderful time if you're a fan of the movie. No, I was fortunate enough to go twice. I went once with Amy Spears and another time with Joe Borelli. We're very, very different. When I went with Amy, it was f- – and yes, you get a tour of the the, the camp, and, and you're probably wondering, like, well, what's it like? Is it a big Friday the 13th party? Well, to yes, to a degree, but also they, have, they are very tight on security, and they do not stand for fucking around. Like, they don't let you go lumping around on your own. You are always with a guide because people are awful. People are going to steal stuff. So they don't want that to happen. So we're always and they don't want us to get hurt out in the woods because it's, you know, the woods. So security is very tight. It's a big pain to get in. Like you have to show a lot of ID to get in. They want to know that the people who are there are the people who are supposed to be there and not interlopers. But once you're there, it's a real treat. For one thing, it looks exactly the same. Sure, there's some additions to the camp and some new buildings, but what you see in the movie looks exactly the same. So it's eerie to be there because it feels like you just stepped back in time to 1980. When I went with Amy, it was wonderful. And back then, it was a whole-day event. Every time they had one, it was a whole-day event. It's a little different now since COVID. They had volunteers graduates from the camp that would take us on the tour and they were all very sweet and they knew their stuff. So we learned a lot about the movie and you see the tricks of the trade and and how they did the magic behind the scenes. And yes, there are celebrities there. When I went with Amy, um, Robbie Morgan, Annie was there. Agent King, Alice obviously was there. And um, Ron Milky, Officer Dorf. And it's not like a convention because the celebrities are kind of weaved into this, this... The things, there are surprises that I don't want to spoil, but I just want to say, like, for instance, when I went with Joe Borelli, we're having our introductory meeting where they're explaining the safety rules and how the day is going to go and dividing us up into groups. In the middle of this, all of a sudden, this big truck comes like rolling in next to the building and it's loud. The guy's trying to speak over the loud grinding rub, 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 on the truck and failing. And all of a sudden, the door opens on the truck and out pops Robbie Morgan in the exact same costume that she was wearing in the movie. And she's like, hey, it's me. It took 40 years, but I finally made it to camp. It was cute. And it was the same truck from the movie, too. So I was like, ah, two celebrities at once. Celebrity stuff goes like that throughout the day. So it's sweet. And... Unlike a convention where they're behind a table the whole time, you can actually talk to them and and interact with them, and it's nice. It's a little bit of magic. I had lovely conversations with Agent King. There's not a big rush because it's not like a convention with thousands of people. Maybe there's only a couple of hundred. And there's some kind of magic to be on this experience with people that are just as nerdy about the movie as you are. Like Going to a horror convention is amazing because you're in this hotel with thousands. Thousands of people who are as big as a hard geek as you are, but when it's one specific movie, wow, it was crazy, but really cool. I highly recommend these tours. And if you are going, you need to book now because they're selling stuff all the way through October. And if you book now, A, first of all, the early bird discounts, but they sell out. There are dates that are already sold out. There are dates in October, particularly because it's a Friday the 13th in October. That Friday the 13th is sold out. Don't let that stop you because the rest of the weekend is, is packed full. And I can tell by the way things are set up that, yeah, that's going to be the weekend when all the celebrities are there. Like they can't guarantee if they're going to be there or not, but you know that somebody awesome is going to be there then. I noticed now that on the Saturday tours on uh, Friday the 13th weekend, that they're broken up into different kinds of tours. When I, I said, when I first went, it was an all day event. Now, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. There's a schedule that kind of makes sense out of it um and different kinds of tours there's like the river there's the lakefront tour which is just the main attractions and then there's the extended tour which is you get deeper into the history of friday the 13th and prices vary varied but reasonable they're all around 160 dollars they might go up or down 20 dollars depending on what kind of tour it is and when it is and what other additional bonuses like the movie you're going to get but reasonable And I noticed they're doing every tour on Friday the 13th weekend is an extended tour, which is still shorter than it was when I saw it. Like, they're doing several tours on Saturday. That night tour is still available. If you're going, go at night. That contradicts what I said in that call with TJ when I said... When you're out in nature, get the fuck out of there before the sun goes down. But this is different. This is Camp Crystal Lake. Like it starts at 7 and it goes to 11. That means you get to see the camp at sunset, which would be gorgeous. And then you're there at night, which will be terrifying. That would be my recommendation. Sometimes I show the movie. Sometimes I don't. Look at the schedule. And you can find it all at www.crystallaketours.com. I do want to say one thing about when I went with Joe Borelli, what I did not realize. It was significantly more expensive when I went with Joe and I kind of got locked into the tickets by accident. And they were very expensive. They were way more than I could afford. But I booked them, not realizing what they were. And then I got stuck with them. But anyway, it turned out that that day was a the 40th anniversary. And also, it was a charity event. So everybody was there. Robbie Morgan was there. Adrian King was there. Ron Melky was there. Janine Taylor. Marcy was there. Harry Manfredini was there. Tom Savini was there. That was just the panel. But in the tours themselves were horror movie royalty people taking the tour like like Tom McLaughlin the director part six was there oh what's his name who played the adult Tommy Jarvis in the later movies I can't think of his name he was there so when you go to Crystal Lake you don't know what's going to happen and that's a good thing because hey it's Crystal Lake it should be surprises but these were good surprises you know the bad surprises would be a machete in the face and that didn't happen but it could I don't know what I'm saying I am not affiliated in any way with crystal lake tours.com I am not getting any money to push these tours I think if you're a Friday the 13th fan you owe it to yourself and hey, if you're not in the area, if traveling here is not feasible for you, if you cannot afford to take one of these tours, I would still visit Camp Lake Tours.com anyway because they have got some sweet, sweet Camp Crystal Lake swag that you cannot get anywhere else. The designs change every year. Hats, t-shirts, water bottles, everything. Check it out. Before I formally put an end to this after party till the next Friday the 13th, I have some information I want to pass on to. A few days ago on Instagram, I put out a survey. It was a Brady's tic-tac-toe board sort of looking thing with all the Crystal Lake counselors on it asking, who are the queers at Camp Crystal Lake? There are nine camp counselors at Camp Crystal Lake. So statistically, there had to be at least one, right? And yesterday's Spectacular episode, I told you who I thought was queer But today is all about you, so I want to know who you think is queer. And you know what? Overwhelmingly, you all voted for Ned with Ben Schur from the Flowers in the Attic and Strange Invaders episode. He explained it really well. He said he's torn between Jack and Marcy. He can't figure out which one he likes, and that's why he's overcompensating. See, I thought he was tired of being the third wheel, but that actually makes more sense. Whether it's true, whether it's not, doesn't matter, but it's fun to speculate. And coincidentally, I heard back from Martin, our very first voicemail message, about who had polio in the original script, and that was also Ned. I don't know how that would have worked or what they were going for, but I thought about it and I said, you know what? If you were in your mid-20s, in the late 70s, mid to late 70s, you would have been in that age range of people that were in danger of of getting polio before the vaccine. So interesting, interesting stuff. And in case you're curious about who got the second most amount of votes for being the Camp Crystal Lake queer, well, that was somebody who was not even a counselor at all Sandy, the waitress at the diner, and the reasons some of y'all gave were filthy and perverted and scandalous and because you're all very sick individuals and I love you all. Well done. I'm extremely tired, so it is time to wrap up this very long party. Whew. So if it was your first time visiting, I really hope you enjoyed yourself. And if you did, please subscribe to the show. Hit the follow button on whatever podcast listening device you have. And if you had a good time, tell a friend. If you didn't have a good time, tell an enemy. I'm not fussy. And if you're not following me on social media, you should be, because over the next few days, I'm going to be posting pictures from my trip to Camp Noby Bosco. And they are fabulous, and you're going to want to see them. So you, you follow me at Facebook.com slash Scream Queens, and that's Queens with a I am not on Twitter anymore. They can go F themselves, but I'm still on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. So follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. So even though the spectacular is over, it's still Sean S. Cunningham Appreciation Month. So next time we are going to be talking about his 1985 film, The New Kid, starring James Spader and Lori Lachlan, which at this time is not streaming for free anywhere, so you're going to have to rent this one, kids. And to do that, I will be joined by Mr. Trey Dean from Damian Wunka Lewis and Tara Gardner from Canada. I think that's all I've got. Thank you so much for celebrating this crazy little movie with me. The movie means the world to me, and the fact that you're here and shared it with me also means the world to me. I have a lot of world to mean. What am I saying? Did I mention that I'm tired. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. It has been a pleasure. Until next time, my beautiful, beautiful Screamers continue to make the world the more fabulously creepy place. But how do I do that, Patrick? Well, that's simple, little campers. You follow the Scream Queen's golden rule. Let's say it together, shall we? Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay fabulous. <laughs> The music for tonight's show, and as otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches!
2: <laughs>
0: Ew.